Friday the 18th of October 2019. I've got a good friend of mine here on the podcast, uh, professional boxer April Adams. Welcome along to the podcast, April. Oh, thanks for having me, Tim. It's a pleasure to be here. No worries. Uh, those who may not know, um, my good friend Ben uh, and, and Ape is April's uh, Ben's wife, but uh, obviously a professional boxer in her own right. Um, I guess where we sort of like to start these podcasts, April, is tell us a bit about early life, like I guess where were you born? Are you a Brisbane girl, I believe? Uh, I was raised in Brisbane, but I was actually born in the Philippines, but I didn't really stay there long. I I was pretty much um, raised in Brisbane from a baby, but Mm. um, you know, like I call Australia home and uh, yeah, I've been in Brisbane ever since. Brisbane ever since, so that was pretty, quite young. so your uh, mum was obviously comes from the Philippines. Yes, dad's Australian. Um, but yeah, we, we try and visit family every now and then, uh, fly to the Philippines um, for a couple of weeks, uh, just because um, I've only got my dad's side um, over here and they're scattered all over Australia as well. So it's, you know, try and keeping in track with everyone in the family is a bit difficult, especially when they're um, not uh, close by. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, obviously, the first schools you would have went to would have been um, would have been in Brisbane. Yeah, all local. So I went to Everton Park State School, and then I went to Mount Alvernia College um, over in Kedron for high school. Okay, so some uh, very local North Side. Always been a North Side girl. Always been a North Side girl. So North Side through and through. <laughs> yeah. And what sort of uh, things did you like about school growing up? I mean, what sort of uh, hobbies and subjects did you sort of, or what did you get up to, I guess, when, when you were sort of young? Oh, I was always an active kid, so I was always um, really into sport. And the great thing about growing up in my neighbourhood is that I had all my classmates uh, living in the same area. So I'd have, like, friends up the street. So after school, um, well, first of all, we'd always walk to and from school together. So that was always good. Um, we always felt safe together. And, um, you know, we'd we'd go to each other's houses and we'd ride our bikes um, up the street. And um, before it gets dark, that's when we'd go home. But, yeah, it was, it was a really – it was a great time um, – everyone lived close together and you know during school um we were really big into sport um all of us um uh we'd get into anything from soccer to cricket to netball uh so really active lifestyle sounds like you're very very sporty as a, as a child I, I guess so it, it actually took me a while to find my sport um which actually was tennis believe it or oh, not really? okay yeah, so... So who were some of your tennis idols growing up? Did you sort of idolise anybody that was famous? Oh, well, at the time, um, oh gosh, this is going back now. Um, you know, it was always um, the Williams sisters. Okay, uh, I Venus mean, and Serena. And remember ones like Steffi Graf? Yes, Steffi Graf, definitely. Um, Anna Kournikova yeah, was in, yeah. a, in the mix there. I mean, she, she was wasn't... She model than a... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she was more like the Barbie doll type yeah. idol, I yeah. guess. Um, but yeah, that that is definitely going back. And um, I followed it all the way up until high school. So I competed um, in tennis competitively. Um, you were you pretty good at it as well? I'd like to think I was. Um, you know, it was always a dream as a kid to go to Wimbledon, mm. um, you know, aim high. And, um, yeah, I just kept it up. But it wasn't until I finished high school that all of that kind of stopped. 
um, as and most things I do. I guess now in 2019, do you still follow the tennis on telly at all? Or? Um, here and there. I mean, I do like to watch the Aussie Open. Uh, I think that's the easiest one to um, follow because, you know, usually with the time difference and everything, it's hard to catch. And the Brisbane International, um, I went to uh, that one um, recently as well. So... Anything local, like I, I always seem to watch. But uh, yeah, the international scene, I'm not quite up to date. Definitely impressed with Ash Barty, though. I mean, coming out of sort of nowhere and all, all of a sudden, really the number one in the world. Or oh, you know, it's crazy. There's some real big superstars on the rise, which is really good to see. And I, I just love watching how the sports evolved. Mm. I mean, it's become so much faster. Uh, okay. The technology with the rackets and you know, and Australia is leading the way, which mm. is really great to see. Yeah, excellent. So a bit of a tennis interest, and then you were right up until sort of high school, um, and then you, did you change and do some other different types of sports then? Or um, yeah, so uni kind of got in the way. I mean... So you went to university. Which university? I went to Griffith and studied journalism, and, uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, like... You try, you're kind of on your own. So you go from a high school environment where everything's structured and then now you're left to your devices, your own yeah. devices. So it was, um, it was an adjustment and I forgot about my team sports. Like that kind of went out the window uh, just because my schedule was all over the place. So I kind of just joined a gym mm. and became a gym junkie mm. and uh, kind of went from there. So, um, after a while, I tried a boxing fitness class and fell in love with it. So, that, that was my first taste of boxing and combat sports, was a fit box session. And I just kind of got addicted and it was... And that was sort of uh, early uni days? Or? Yeah, early uni days. Um, I had no interest in, you know, competing. I was just focused on uni and working mm. and just juggling everything that I have to juggle uni life <laughs> yeah so obviously with the gym so how many years were you uni uh so i actually did one year had a gap year yeah. then i had i guess four years part-time okay yeah excellent so um so you ended up with a degree at the end then yes yeah, so i graduated in journalism okay. and excellent. um and landed a job in politics politics uh, yeah, so that was an interesting run. Yeah, I mean, there was a, yeah, the lady I had on the podcast, I remember, yeah, she was, um, followed that sort of path, actually. It was journalism at, um, at university and then mm-hmm. and then into sort of politics and then became the, the social media voice of Campbell Newman back... Uh, ah, yes, so, yep. Um, oh, yeah, so yeah, politics. So tell me about politics. Yeah, so um, I started working for uh, the member for Everton. Tim Mander, and he's still the current member. And uh, so, a good person I person to talk to actually, old Tim. Oh, Mander. no, he's fantastic. Do you know him quite well. Yes, no, we still keep in contact, um, which okay. is great. Um, mm-hmm. I um, I know his wife very well, and uh, got to know his family, which are just um, they're just all amazing people. So um, yeah, Tim was an amazing boss to work for. Um, at the time, um, he was the minister for housing and public works, and. Um, I'd have to say, like, my job was very fulfilling. Um, you know, I, I got to do a, um, the media side of things, the office managing, manager side of things, um, 
and uh, just got to experience politics from the inside, which w- opened a whole new world to me. Okay, um, I didn't know this. Hmm. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's... um. I was there for four years, so two um, two elections. Um, Campbell Newman was the premier at the time, yes. and uh, huge change. Um, it it was the first time the LNP was in part in in government, I should say, and yep. it was a huge learning curve for everyone involved, including the staff. So we were kind of thrown into the deep end, so to speak, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, um, we, we received a lot of uh, backlash from um, the things we did, but at the same time, um, we feel like we've made a difference. So, I mean, you know, you take the good with the bad, um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was very interesting times. Yeah, interesting. That's a very interesting story there. So, you got inside, that, in, inside uh, working you know, closely with uh, people like Tim Mander. That's quite interesting. Um, so I guess from there, what, what sort of happened, uh, obviously it then came to an end, I guess, Campbell Newman's reign, uh, mm-hmm. and then what happened as far as your work life then? Um, so basically, uh, I was still training, uh, yeah. and I was competing, uh, every now and then. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is when, during a time when, um, I've slowly started, uh, kicking off my boxing career, so to speak. Yeah. And it got to a point where I really couldn't do both. Like, yeah. it, the balance became too much. Yeah. Yeah. You started out more... Did you start out kickboxing, though, didn't you? I did, yes. Tell me about how you got into kickboxing. Yes. So, um, again, I started off at a regular gym. Yep. And there was, uh, there was a, a box fit class. And then there was a kick fit class. Yep. So, kickboxing for fitness... And at the time, the coach who was taking that class decided to open his own gym. And uh, I missed the class. And I was like, well, you know, I'll find out where this coach has opened up. And I followed him over and he was actually teaching proper kickboxing. And then I decided to stay with him. And uh, it kind of went from there. He uh, exposed me to the world of Muay Thai and uh, Mm. he organized a Thailand trip. And I've, uh, this is the first time I've heard of Muay Thai before and going to Thailand and going to these Muay Thai camps. And I was like, man, let's, let's give this a go. So it's the, it was the first time I actually went to Tiger Muay Thai before I met Ben. Um, so okay, because Tiger Muay Thai is a very well-known gym, obviously, if you sort of know anything about MMA circles. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the, probably the, the gym that sticks out from Thailand anyway, or from, is it Phuket? Or Phuket, yeah, Phuket? that's right. So okay. when I went, it was a very small gym and okay. wasn't as well known. And yeah, it was like, there was only like three sections and yeah, it was so very small. this is small. about 2012, 2013? Ah, earlier than that. Oh, even earlier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I met Ben around 2012. Um, at Tiger Muay Thai, mind you. Um, but I was, I visited that gym, um, before I met Ben, probably two years before. It's 2010, okay. Yeah, about that. Wow. So, yeah, it's going way back. And, um, after that trip, uh, I actually had my first Muay Thai fight. Mm. Um, I actually lost. So, um, I was up against a more experienced um, and a bigger girl. Mm. Uh, but, you know, like, I just thought I'd throw myself in and 
give it a go and you know even though I lost and got smashed um I absolutely loved it so I had to redeem myself mm. yeah so did you and then I guess um going going from kickboxing to boxing so how did that sort of how did that sort of happen? Yeah, I kind of blame Ben for this. I mean, um, I kind of wanted to go uh, MMA for yeah. a while. And so I started uh, grappling and uh, I was on a search for a good MMA gym. Mm. And I was training at um, a gym in the Valley um, that was uh, MMA focused. And uh, the thing is, I missed striking. And it, I found it difficult finding really good strikers to train with and finding a really good training partner. Uh, I mean, the grappling was great. The MMA fundamentals were great. But, you know, you want someone that you can bounce yeah. bounce with. Um, so I actually messaged one of the boxing coaches I had met originally that did the fit box class which i had loved mm. and um because i knew he was an actual boxing coach so i that wasn't john was it, or was it no it wasn't john actually <laughs> this was um someone called steve wajenko he's a promote boxing promoter yeah. as well and uh he um basically told me oh come down to boxing express which was john's gym my current coach yeah. and he was like just come on down and um see if you like it mm. So um, that's where I was introduced to John and um, a couple of the other girls that were into boxing and just absolutely loved it. And at the time, John was doing MMA and it was just the appeal was there. It's like I could do my MMA, I got my striking there and yeah, yeah it was all good. So that's how I met my coach. Um, and uh, yeah, it kind of just went from there. Unfortunately, the MMA side didn't go well um and just focused on boxing from there mm. yeah but obviously so with the boxing um when did you how long ago did you have your first pro fight in boxing yes yeah, so i had my first pro boxing fight a week before my wedding day so 2015 um so pretty much i had my That's only four years ago isn't it yeah. yeah so it wasn't long ago i had my pro debut and we pretty much packed our bags um the day after and uh headed off to thailand where that's you know where we got married and yeah. where we met and whatnot yeah but yeah Going back to there so so then obviously you obviously um i think you you obviously learned a lot. You you seem to be studious as to you know learning to be to with the techniques in boxing. Practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Working on techniques. So, you know, obviously, from that first boxing fight to obviously your, your more recent fights, obviously, where you would have improved like out of sight. Yes, it's just one of those things where, I mean. Obviously, like with boxing and well, like anything, like repetition is key and it yeah. can be quite mundane. And but you know, you you, you love it, mm. you love it, you want to progress, uh, and it's just chipping away at it every single day. And it's those small wins you get. I mean, mm. you may not see progress mm. all the time, but every small win mm. just adds up and. That's how you get better in anything you do. It doesn't have to be boxing. You mm. just slowly chip away at it. Just repetition, repetition. Yeah. And in the last four years, I think you've had at least 10 to a dozen pro fights, haven't you? It's about how many? Yeah, so I've had um, 
11 wins, one draw, two losses now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's that's a very good record. That's, so 11 wins is, is fantastic. Um, I mean, with your weight class, I think you're right up the top there in, in being the best in Australia for that, obviously, that weight class, and you've got yep. the belts to show it. Um, and obviously, you, you've competed against, uh, you, you know, I've actually witnessed some of the, the fights I've been in and seen a few of them at least. Um, it's it's quite good that you, you know you've got a very good technique and you, you you sit back and you you basically chip at them and and it's all about making sure you you keep it you keep everything distances mm-hmm. getting that uh, how hard is it to sort of train for distance uh, it oh it's very hard like I'm still learning my own distance um, it's just one of those things where again it's constantly doing it and this is where training partners are important uh i mean it's a lot of the time you are training alone especially a female in a male dominated sport uh you know there's not many girls to train with so a lot of the time you are uh, on your own and it's just you and your coach or just you and the the boxing bag um but i'm very fortunate to have a training partner in beck rawlings uh and uh that's been crucial to both of our progress. Yeah, that's good. So um, yes, distance um, distancing mm. takes a lot of time, and you do need to have a training partner mm. in neighbourhood. So how to train long ago did you first meet Beck? So only recently. It's been I think about two years since we've first started training each other. Training with each other. Had a, you know, at least four or five pro fights before you started. <laughs> yes. Um, so I've been fighting for quite a while. And so has she. Yeah, um, so it yeah. wasn't until, um, I guess, uh, it was the fight before Beck went to Bare Knuckle. Um, it was her last UFC fight. That's when she first came over um, and trained with us. And um, it's actually when Beck first started kicking. So, um, and because I was a previous kickboxer, it just... Yeah. We, we both benefited from it. Mm. I mean, um, I could use my kickboxing skills with her and she she was primarily a boxer herself. Yeah. So it just it just worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. So, um, and were you at the, you at the you, she, she sort of joined the gym that you were at, you were already at that gym, weren't you? Is that how it was? Yes, yeah, yes. So, so um, we, uh, well, Adrian was her, um, Beck's partner, yep. is a professional a boxer, boxer yeah. and um, I'd been going to his boxing gym for uh, training yep. while um, we've been switching gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been transitioning um, location and yep. we needed a home to train at and it was Adrian's gym and we'd always run into Beck and and uh, um, she actually helped me out for a couple of uh, fights with sparring, and yeah. um, it just made sense for her to come across because yeah. she was also looking for a training partner. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what's your sort of feeling on the whole the whole bare knuckle thing? I mean, it's, it hasn't been around. It hasn't sort of been big big for too long. This whole reincarnation of it. Um, yeah. And obviously, Beck's been involved a few times. A few fights. I think she's won them all from memory. Yes. Um, what do you think of the whole bare knuckle thing? I think. Look, it's um. A lot of people think it's oh, it's a lot more violent. It's a backward step. I think it's just a completely different sport with a completely different skill set, which people are still trying to figure out. Uh, a lot of people are thinking it's boxing without gloves, but it's 
a lot it's a more to that. that yeah. It's a lot different Techniques to that. Are different, aren't they? Yes, so it's a lot more defensive. Um, you you really have to pick your shots. Um, so you have to you have to use your brain a lot more. You can't just go in and just throw haymakers because that that's when it's going to be dangerous. Uh, so you've got to be very thoughtful about um, your skill, when to use it, and be a lot, a lot more defensive. Uh, in saying that, it hasn't really kicked off um, in terms of, I guess, popularity. And I, you know, like I guess it's like when the UFC first started. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about the sport. You know, it's, you know, one of the it's. It's a blood sport. It's only for those that like to brawl. Like there's no skill in it, which now we know that's not the case. Um, but give it some time. Um, I, it's got a long way to go um, in terms of promotion, um, getting uh, good skilled uh, fighters on the show, and um, yeah, we'll see. So um, boxing as a profession. I mean, how do you sort of view what you do as far as a profession? Do you do you see it? And what sort of motivates you uh, as far as being a professional boxer? Is it what's what's the prize for you? Um, I think well, it's it, we, I've never done it for the money. Let's just put it that no, way. You seem like you enjoy it. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, it's I mean that's how I first started loving health and fitness. It was through boxing. It was through combat sports, and you know I got to. Um, delve into my competitive nature through that um i guess i professional boxing in australia is getting better uh especially women's boxing uh it still has a long way to go compared to a lot of other countries um but i mean i feel like i'm a pioneer in that uh you know uh, you hear stories in the states where a lot of the top female boxers um they're starting to get more recognition, but they're still fighting for that, um, you know, to be main event. You know, we're worthy um, to get um, equal recognition as the men. So it's, it's slowly getting there, and we need to change a couple of things. But, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Who are the sort of other... Um, I guess we'll start with both sides of it. Um, as far as the, on the male side of it, who, which are the boxers that you sort of idolise and look up to the most? Oh, goodness. Well, being half Filipino, like, I've just always loved Pacquiao. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I can't go um, past that. It's, uh, you know, he's really, like, especially for the Filipinos, they, he's really put the country on the map for boxing and um, he's given hope to so many other boxers you know he's come from nothing and he's made something of himself through boxing so i feel like that's an amazing um thing and you know not many people can be like him but it's you know it just gives you hope yeah. which is good and as far as um obviously the same gender as yourself is anyone you look sort of idolize as a female boxer um not really uh i think because you know, we're all we're all still fighting for the same thing. Like yeah. we're all still fighting for that recognition. So there really isn't one person that stands out. Yes, there there are female boxers out there that just have amazing skill sets and are number one and across categories. Um, but like as I'm fighting, like mm. being a young fighter, having someone to look up to, there really wasn't anyone 
around. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that's a hard one. But now I feel like a lot of female, those who are starting out in combat sports, they've got a lot more options and a lot more people to look up to now, which is great to see. Excellent. Um, I guess with the. I guess with some of the actual boxing fights that you've had, um, uh, obviously this year you had a fairly big fight. Uh, it took you to another other side of the globe. Tell us about that experience in Copenhagen. Oh, goodness. Yes, so I had recently fought for the WBO world title up against Dina Thorsland. Um, she's from Denmark. And, uh, wow, I'd never, ever thought I'd get to that stage um, fighting for a world title. Uh, Australians aren't... I mean, yes, we have some great boxers, but uh, they're not so really... Was like ranked the, is she like the best in the world at that weight class? or what? what? Um, so from memory, uh, so she has the WBO belt, mm. but I think she was ranked number four overall. So, yeah. Yeah, across all categories. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was a pretty mean feat. Um, at the time... I think the highest I got ranked was eight. Yeah, in the world. That's yeah. yeah, so <laughs> I'm like, wow, four years boxing, ranked number eight in the world. Um, yeah, had to pinch myself there. Mm. And to have that opportunity was just absolutely amazing. I mean, even though it didn't go in my favour, like... You... How comfortable did you feel in, there in that fight? I mean, enemy territory in a way... You know, it's it's funny. Um, you, you, every fight you kind of treat the same. Okay. Um, it's once you're in there, like everything outside of the ring doesn't matter. It's you're just so focused on who's in front of you, like it, whether it be in Denmark or hometown Brisbane, the crowd cheering for you or against you. Like that's just all blacked out. Mm. Like you just focus on your game and that's it. So it was, it was like any other fight, to be honest. I, I just happened to be against um, the world champ at the time. <laughs> and what do you sort of notice about her skills? I mean, was it, had she been, how long had she been boxing for, do you think? Um, I actually don't know, to be honest. Um, she's had the same uh, amount of fights as me. So about a dozen or so. Yeah. yeah, so we were, in terms of experience, we're about the same. Um, I don't know if she'd been fighting in the amateurs before that, mm. but um, look, you know, it was in terms of experience. We we were both there, like you know, and we fought. We both fought our best fight, and um, she ended up on top. Um, she was evidently the stronger boxer, um, uh, strength wise. Yep. But um, but you know what? That's just something I need to work on. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So obviously, you can see obviously future challenges. As a professional boxer, I think that's something future-wise over the next couple of years is still looking at to try to do the best you can and take it as far as you can. Absolutely. Um, well, <laughs> in terms of you know how I how far I can take it um, within a particular age limit. Um, so I'm 31 at the moment, um, which isn't old for a female boxer, but it is getting there. And um, there's a lot of uh, young guns rising up the ranks. So I'd probably give myself like maybe another three to four years in the sport. Um, so definitely from that last fight, um, we've noticed that in terms of strength, it's probably best if I go down a division. 
Um, so we're looking at establishing myself in the lower divisions. So what sort of what division do you want to establish yourself in? Uh, probably Next. super bantamweight, which, which is, is one down. Is that uh, about 51, 52 kilos? Uh, 53, 53, 53, yeah. yes. Okay. So super bantamweights are the 55-5 category. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be dropping down two kilograms, which mm-hmm. in boxing makes a huge difference. Uh, one, th- one question to ask you, which I do not know the answer to, I don't think. Where did the Armageddon nickname come from? Oh, okay. So I was actually named um, by a teammate of mine. So uh, Mark and myself are the two original fighters John had. Mm -hmm. And um, Mark's actually got a huge fight coming up as well. And uh, he was always called Bam Bam. And we... We were like umming and ahhing about what to call me. And John John was like, oh, let's... He, he used to always call me Grape Ape. I don't know if you remember Grape that. Ape. Yeah, I, it's like a drink or something. It's like a purple drink like or something. Drink, <laughs> yeah, well, he'd always call me Grape Ape. Anyway, um, wow. there's actually a story to that too. So I'll, I'll go ahead and tell that. So my pro debut fight, John put me down as April the Ape Adams. Yes, and I'm like, oh my goodness! And I found out because the the whole ape thing. There's a bit of racism tone behind oh, some sports yeah. as well. But anyway, no, it, that wasn't his intention. Yeah, but no, no. the commentator actually had to come over to me just to double check that this was yeah, right. Course, yeah, and that's yeah. how I found out. And I'm like, you cannot be serious. And I was so angry at John. Um, so I'm like, yes. no, that is not my fight name. Can you just scrap that off the list? Which he did, thank goodness. <laughs> and um, so after that fight, it was um, Mark that actually came up with Armageddon. So That's a, that's a pretty creative sort of uh, nickname, I think. Yeah, it's very heavy. At first, I was a bit, oh, I don't know. Sometimes a lot of nicknames work well if they're short as well, but that one seems to have it because the the first name and the last name are short. Maybe the the middle name or the name you put in the middle. Yeah, it just (laughs) flows. Makes it a bit longer and makes it a bit more, you know. Triple A, you know. Yeah, well, Triple A for short, but um, yeah, something to live up to, and uh, hopefully, I I did. Mm. Yeah. So I just want to ask you about that nickname. That's also, um, again, I think you sort of spoke a bit before about you, you know, obviously the family heritage in the Philippines, and mm-hmm. you, you go back there uh, quite a bit. Manny Pacquiao, obviously one of the heroes um, when it comes to boxing and, and that sort of thing. Um, one thing yourself and Ben have got a bit of a, a love for is uh, cats. <laughs> yes. So we've got two cats, um, Tofu and Yuki. And uh, it's funny because Ben's never had cats before. And Until he met yourself. Yeah. yeah and I, I had a cat, an old girl, Fissy. And um, she's recently passed away. And that was Ben's first experience with a cat. And one Christmas... He decided to give me two of them, and mind you, they were Christmas presents for me, but they're Ben's cats. Let's face it, like, they both go to Ben, like, they all look look for Ben. Yeah, Ben loves them to death now, even yeah. though he's allergic, but, yeah. Definitely one thing to say about that is that, you know, you, you don't see too many people that... Uh... I guess you know care for for cats like Ben. That's probably why they're drawn <laughs> are drawn to him, and he obviously spoils them. I'd say, and just the way the way you would sort of treat them, I'd imagine he'd be 
you know, they'd, they'd love that. And obviously the brothers, so they've obviously been always very close. So yeah. Those two, they were, you know, oh. ever since ever since the you had them, so. No, absolutely. Um, the thing is, uh, I feel like like we kind of needed them anyway, like because we're both in fight camp, and you know. The, that can be quite stressful like and we seem to be fighting either at the same time or one of us is fighting the other person isn't one of us is away one of us is at home so you know it's 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 nice to have that extra comfort around the house when you know the other person is not there or or Mm. off training so yeah Mm. we kind of needed them as much as they needed us yeah and that sounds like a good idea so um, you obviously you, you're obviously very fit. You you obviously train. I mean, how many hours of training would you do a day? Oh my goodness! So in fight camp, it's probably close to three hours a day, yep. and that's broken up morning and afternoon. Yeah. Um, and that's excluding the stretching that goes with it. Mm. Um, I guess the. Uh, uh, the physio sessions, the remedial massage sessions on top of that. So, yeah, it can be quite taxing. Uh, so it's very important that we keep our nutrition on track, um, keep make sure that we get enough sleep, and, yeah, very high maintenance. <laughs> but outside of fight camp, we're a bit more lax. So, for sure. Yeah. So when's, uh, when is the next fight for you then? Yeah, so unfortunately I actually had to pull out of my recent fight. Um, which was only a couple of weeks ago. So I unfortunately caught the bad virus that was going around at the time and uh, it just happened to be fight week and I was just too sick to compete, mm. um, which is the way it goes um, when you're weight cutting, your immune system's down. And, like when, yeah. Yeah, so, and how much weight do you usually have to cut when you, you, have, to, you have to cut quite a bit of weight or just a, a moderate amount? Um, so it might sound a lot to some people, but um, from the beginning of fight camp to, the, to weigh-in day, um, four to five kilograms. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mind you, it's only temporary. Mm. Um, just to make that clear to everyone out there, yeah. um, it's just you just got to make sure you make that weight for that one day, and then it mm. pretty much piles back on. Um, so it, it, you know, over eight weeks, it's um, it's an easy cut. Yeah, I know a lot a of kilo a week. Yeah, yeah, and again, only temporary. It's just fixing up your diet, eating clean, and. Mm. Um, yeah. So that fight get rebooked then? Is that what's coming up or it hasn't been rebooked yet? Hasn't been rebooked. Um, so, yeah, look, um, my manager's putting feelers out um, yep. to see if there's any any openings, um, but probably doesn't look like I'm fighting until next year again. Okay, yeah. getting close to the end of the year, aren't we? Mm. And um, so what other hobbies do you have? Is there any, any sort of other hobbies that or you just that's because you're so because you're um, fairly full with what you're doing full time as a pro athlete that there isn't much time for much else at the moment or do you um, have any other sort of hobbies yourself? I know Ben loves his anime, he loves his motorbikes and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh look, um Ben and I both love our anime. Um Okay. But uh, anime as well, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's something we do watch together. Um, but I like to explore my creative side a bit more. So I, I go through phases. So um, 
at the moment, I'm really into bullet journaling. Oh, that's what this is. You know. Yeah, I know. I was like looking at your notebook. And I'm like, oh, it's one of those dot journal, grid journals. I'm like, yes, I love it. So I love bullet journaling, um, a little bit of scrapbooking. Actually, just on bullet journaling, I actually, so I, I sort of got into this probably in June this year. I decided to start just a way of organizing your life in a way, isn't it? Yes. Oh, so. it makes life so much easier. And I'm the type of person that has to write everything down. If it's not written down, it's not getting done. Yeah. So, yeah, and you, so, you see progress. So how, how long ago did you first get into bullet journaling? Uh, probably um, two years. Um, so into quite a, a while. Yeah, right? quite a and while. you still do it. Yeah. Still do it. And, um, and I, I try to be a bit more creative with that. I mean, if you go into Instagram. Okay, yes. so I've, seen, still... <laughs> I've seen some YouTube videos where people get quite creative with the whole the whole bullet journal thing, they set up their monthly and they, yes. they have it all like in dolphins and bloody all this. Stuff. Yeah, it's it's very pretty. Do you get, do you get that sort of creative well, vibes? I try, but you know, like as you know, you get busy, you write things yeah, down, it yeah. never stays pretty. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> well, yeah. that's right. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, it's just all scribbles. <laughs> just all, just all Timmy, my handwriting basically, and yeah, little you know, rule this off here and. And that's so. That's so. That's that's very interesting. So that's um, yeah. I, I uh, thought it was quite quite uh, the way to do it. And I actually did a bit of a because I sort of got into it. I'd actually did a presentation to some other people at a oh good a networking breakfast about about writer Carol and um, mm-hmm. and how it sort of all works. And then the other people have got into it now. And it's you know yeah it sort of goes around in circles a little bit. But it's yeah it's yeah very good. It's definitely a good method and. Um... Yeah, so like creativity, I just, you know, I'm always like in the gym, it's all physical, so I like to just, you know, explore that other side of me a little bit. So, yeah, mm. whether it's um, bullet journaling, drawing. Um, so drawing, um, so what, do you do much in the way of you draw pictures, do you do paintings or? I uh, just sketching at the moment, like I don't really have time for painting, um, that's always um, a, a big project. Uh, this is what I did. The other, this is what we did on Saturday. We did, did a little... Oh, nice! Is that um, the bridge, Story Bridge? It's meant to be, yeah. It was some picture that I had <laughs> that I tried to copy, but it's yeah. our whole our whole uh, workplace. Most of them did the same the same sort of um, the same sort of painting, and then Fiona did the one uh, with with Vlad. Oh, <laughs> love it! Yep. See, I, I'll I'll be drawing cats. Like I just love drawing little. Cat characters. So. So. Cat characters. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Oh, how is Vlad going? Yeah, no, Vlad's going well. He's um, still thinks he owns the place. I think. Uh, oh. uh, we just recently got a new um, a new couch, actually, um, brand new couch. We took one took one away over the week. Oh, yeah, Mon- was it Monday? We only been hasn't been very long. Yeah. And so there's a new couch there. So Vlad's all happy about the new couch, dancing all around it. And oh, so he's claimed it. He's claimed yeah. that. Well, he sort of claimed the couch. He thinks he he still <laughs> thinks he owns the, the place. I think I don't know. He's just, of course. He's yeah. He's, he's a cute. He's cute. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, traveling around the world. I mean, you've obviously been around uh, a lot of different places in the world. Is there anything that stands out as the place? you sort of would love to go to for a holiday or oh look i i'm in love with japan yeah. uh, ben gets to go there 
more often now, but... Um, yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? It does. Uh, so lucky him. Um, hopefully I'll get to uh, go on a trip with him again. But yeah, there's something magical about uh, Japan. So I first went um, during uh, cherry blossom season. And it's, I mean, you can see all the photos you want, but to actually be there is just surreal. Like you're just in a sea of cherry blossoms and it's just magical. Mm. So yeah, that that's one thing you have to um, put on your bucket list is to see the cherry blossoms. So yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Japan and uh, yeah, there's some... Uh, went there for the first time yeah this easter actually it was uh it was for ben's fight wasn't it yeah, yeah. Ben's fight was on and, what were uh, your first impressions I, lo- I loved it i actually did uh attract my my i had the watch attract i think 80 k's of walking in five days around wow Tokyo. yeah um ben's brother spent a lot of time with him as well because we, we actually stayed in the same hotel room or whatever shared a uh, hotel room with with jeremy um no it was just great it was one of those things, and I, I just see myself probably going back there again at some point. I, I, you know, it's yeah. it's hard to go to everywhere in the world, but I think um, I'm just disappointed. Oh, I'm not disappointed in myself, but I, I would have liked to have gone there earlier in life. You know, I would have liked to have gone there as a as a 20 year old or early 20s or yeah no um there's definitely a lot to see and do and to fit everything in you do need a lot of energy and uh, i guess the great thing about japan is that everything's accessible like transport's fantastic so there's so much to do and see and it's so easy to get to those places so yeah put it on your list it's an amazing Mm. place yeah. What other destination? Have you been to Canada before? I haven't been uh, there as yet. a kid, yeah. So um, I've oh, that it was that was an amazing experience. Um, I just remember we were on a bus tour and we were just crossing a bridge. It was really early in the morning. Um, there's the trees and the forest, uh, and just um below the bridge where the river is, I saw a moose. And I'm just like, just drinking water. And to me, that was just magical. Like, just yeah. to see a wild moose. Like, you, you can watch movies, and but what, to see it live. Never come across any bears. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Just just the little um, teddy bear that I got given. The little brown bear. Um, but yeah, Canada was amazing. Got to see the Rockies. Um, yeah. No, um, you should definitely, definitely go. Yeah, no, it's, on, it's still on my bucket list. I'm not sure when we'll get there, but certainly one day, we hope. Um, definitely. So, as far as uh, <coughs> podcasting, do you listen to podcasts at all? Is that something you said? Yeah, actually. So, obviously, um, we Ben and I run a lot. Um, so, I like to listen to a podcast on Whilst my runs. And yeah. And, and what, um, what ones would you listen to? Uh, so, there is one called The Model Health Show which is a health and fitness podcast, um, which is particularly helpful for not only like what I do as a fighter, but also um, because I'm a coach and I work at a gym. So it's nice to be on top of um, the latest research um, when it comes to health. And I also listen to the Joe Rogan podcast as well. He also, he has some great banters, uh, so he's always entertaining to listen to. Okay, yeah. well, Joe is one of my favourites. Um, 
certainly probably can't listen to all of his podcasts. He usually does quite a lot, and they go for a long time as well. Yes, a very long um, time. Most of the, I, I guess, the MMA-themed ones to a degree, or a famous guest like a Mike Tyson if they're on, or mm-hmm. Elon Musk. But yeah, it's he's quite uh, quite good as well. He is. I always find the more obscure the um, interview. Oh, the, well, the guest, um, the more interesting the mm. the interview is. Like, I, I've found, I've, I've, he's really opened my eyes to different, mm. um, I guess, avenues and ideas. So I, that's why I like him. Like, he just opens doors and he's, yeah. there's no filter. Yeah, there isn't any filter. Yeah. Alex Jones, have heard a Rod Rogan podcast with him? No, he's a crazy guy. That oh, guy. really? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's many crazy ones yeah, on there. Yeah. That was crazy. Uh, what about music? Is music something you sort of... Uh, do you follow any particular types of... Uh, gen- uh, sorry, genres of music or... You know genres, what? sorry. N- not really. Um, as a kid, yeah, I was really into it, but I kind of... Um, not lost interest like I still listen to it I put on the radio um I guess it's your normal like popular type music it's not really it's not something I've really delved into Mm. um but um yeah not really (laughs) fair enough probably come to our next Totus 100 (laughs) oh yeah no Tim Tim educates us all so um, if I don't know anything about it like Tim will fill me in for sure exactly Um, okay so oh yeah coaching so a bit about what you do obviously coaching other others to with their fitness and even boxing I guess to Mm -hmm. a degree kids that box tell us a bit about that experience how you sort of got into coaching uh, oh, it was just a natural progression from my fighting, and uh, I guess uh, I feel like I want to be that person that I never had when I first started boxing. Um, being the only girl, like I didn't really have anyone to ask advice from, or you know, go to about um, nutrition or health or technique. Uh, apart from the coach which you know like sometimes he's not the ideal person to go to Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to be a boxing coach just so I can um, put them in the right direction uh, early on they I kind of felt like I had to do everything the hard way and I had to uh, figure things out on my own whereas I mean all they have to do is ask me a question and, um, you know, I can give them an answer based on my experience or at least point them in the right direction. Uh, so that's been um, quite fulfilling in that respect, like just being able to um, help them, help other people achieve um, similar goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. So I guess uh, we're probably coming to the toward the end of the podcast, being over just over three quarters of an hour. It's been pretty. That's not bad. You've done pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's well, been it's been quite an interesting story that you sort of told everybody. I think uh, uh, some of the interesting sort of um, things that you got up to was I obviously didn't know some of these things. So um, yeah, very. That's sort of uh, been very good. Uh, I guess there's anything sort of uh, <coughs> that you wanted to say, anything final. Or anything that uh, else that you like, uh, I guess, listeners of the podcast to know about April Adams? Um, I guess just the fact that I never dreamed of being a professional boxer. Like, it was, it never crossed my mind as a kid. I never grew up with it. 
um, I I was pretty much your normal average kid from Brisbane that mm. went to school, did the same things everyone else did. So it's just you know um, it's interesting where your life ends up, and sometimes you just have to go with it. And um, you know, and also if if it's something you want to do, you find a way. Mm. Like that's the bottom line. Yeah. I'm certainly, uh, I think that's a really good message and I think that, um, you know, we, we, we're starting to see a little bit of it but what I would like to see a lot more of is with professional women's sports is to be, is to get more noticed um, in the I general agree. public mm-hmm. and to get um, get on as closer to equal footing as the males. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of time from a lot of people to make that happen uh, but we're starting to see a little bit. We're starting to see glimpses of having an AFL Women's League, an AFL Rugby League. Mm-hmm. and I, So women's tennis has always been fairly big and they've always paid them quite quite handsomely. Uh, but the boxing, I mean, we have the, the famous boxers in the world like your, um, you know, your <coughs> Canelo Alvarez and all these guys that are on millions and millions and millions of dollars, mm-hmm. but there's, there should be female equivalents that are, that are earning... You know, just as much because it's just just as entertaining to watch, and we've seen that with you know women's mixed martial arts over the years. We've seen you know Ronda Rousey absolutely um, sort of be the the storm you know the storm to be able to to bring I guess um, you know women's mixed martial arts. Who you know they never thought that was going to happen. They never thought that uh, that would take off. Now we've got f- three or four different divisions of uh, uh, women's MMA in the in the UFC mm-hmm. amongst Ooh. amongst all the other divisions. So. It's great. It it's takes these things take time, but you. What I see about yourself is you're trailblazing the way through to for other people to be able to um, uh, be able to make make the, themselves a name as a professional women's boxer as well. Yeah, I hope so, and I hope that when I eventually have kids, that um, women's sport will be right up there with the men's. That's my only hope. So I can only keep striving towards that and um yeah hopefully um we'll be making a change excellent thank you very much for your time april it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast today thank you for coming in uh hopefully we'll catch up again very soon probably halloween hopefully (laughs) looking forward to it thank you so much tim no worries